Flippin' Bats with Ben Verlander is your only place for the World Baseball Classic coverage. Hi, I'm Ben Verlander, host of Flippin' Bats. And I'm Alex Curry, co-host of Flippin' Bats. From Taiwan to Phoenix and Miami, we'll be providing you daily updates on all the action taking place in this year's WBC. So wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to like and subscribe us at Flippin' Bats. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. Thanks for being with us today. This is Undisputed. I'm Jen Hale, that's Skip Bayless, and Shannon Sharp. Hi, guys. How did we sleep last night? Uh, I slept amazing last night. Mm. I don't know about you, Skip, but I Mm. slept well. I'm so happy for you, but I'm happier for me because this is the second day you've been away from the studio, and I am having such a good time here. It's so peaceful. It's so quiet. You always make it too cold in here for me, and the temperature (laughs) is just perfect right now. So wherever you are, if you want to stay another couple of days, you, you have my blessing. You know what, Skip Bayless? I was talking to Rick the other day. He said you always did think you were the only child. That that is true. You like playing. You like I, you like being by yourself. I, 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 that that is a fact. And I was the oldest, and you were the second oldest, right? Yeah, I was the youngest. The youngest. I'm the youngest. There you go. Okay. Yes. Older well, sister, older brother. Well, and here we go again. I'm still the I, oldest, right? Yes, you still you still the oldest. Still like being. Yeah, you wanted to be an only child. You were upset when your mom and dad brought another child home. That is true. That is more true than you would believe. Here we go. I'm gonna refrain from going off on saying how much of an old married couple you two sound like yeah, this morning. But anyway, let's let's start with some important news, guys. This is a story we've been following. You two were all over it yesterday morning. It's a serious one. According to a new report from Shams, the Grizzlies had a players-only meeting before John Morant flashed a gun on Instagram Live over the weekend. Stephen Adams reportedly talked to the team about needing to show better discipline on road trips, avoiding going out and partying. Then yesterday, local police in Colorado confirmed that yes, they are investigating Morant's incident and if he broke any local gun laws. Shannon, what's your reaction to these latest developments? Well, you know what, uh, guys, I'm going to take Jaws. I'm going to take Jaws' apology at face value. I'm going to say he's apologized. He he apologized. He's sorry for the things that he's done in the past. And I'm going to say everything that happened before that apology was the old job. I believe the new job will go down a different road that he was traveling on. And so uh, I'm going to say that's the old job. Yeah, it's disappointing, Skip, because you have a veteran guy in Steven Adams noticing that there's something. And Shams also reported, like, everybody know who he was talking about. Yeah. He didn't call any names. But everyone that was in the meeting knew exactly who he was talking about. And instead of adhering to what Steven Adams was saying, what did y'all do? Got his bags and went out. So I'm going to say that was the old job. You know, sometimes, Skip, I I think, uh, uh, you know, guys, and that's why I say it all the time, Skip, you cannot fool the guys in the locker room. You might be able to fool some of the media members. You might be able to fool some of the outside public. But you can't fool the guys in the locker room because they see you more than anyone. You can't fool. They know you as well, if not better, than your own family because guess what, Skip? You're around them all the time. If you have a problem, they're going to know about it. If you're going out on road trips every single night, you put your bag, as soon as you hit the town, you set your bag down and you're off and running or you have your boys or someone come pick you up. They know about it. And so Stephen Adams saw that this was a problem. 
He's probably thinking this is one of the reasons why we're 26 and 5 at home and we're 12 and 20 on the road. I'm not going to read too much into that, Skip, because I see the Golden State Warriors are 27 and 7 at home and they're 7 and 24 on the road. And I don't think yeah. they have an issue with Steph Curry and Clay and Draymond, their senior, uh, uh, their best players, yeah. going out every, uh, every uh, road trip. But this was a problem, and Stephen Adams sought to address it, and job, the old job, didn't adhere. Also, Skip, if you notice, people are making excuses because we know the NBA is investigating whether the gun and how the gun got to Colorado. People are saying, well, maybe he purchased the gun in Colorado. You're not purchasing a gun in a state that you're not a resident of. That's, it doesn't work like that. Well, maybe it was a lighter. I don't think the Memphis Grizzlies are suspending John Morant no. uh, uh, for two games for a lighter. I, I don't think John Morant is issuing an apology if that's a lighter. So stop making excuses. That's part of the problem. A person can't get the help he or she needs if all people does is make excuses for them. Mm. I'm glad John finally realized, and it maybe it took him going IG live because he was so tone deaf because a lot of the issues that he had been dealing with, Skip, that we had started to hear about involved guns. He's so tone deaf. He's so oblivious to what's actually going on. What does he do? He get a gun. And he's twirling around. And I mean, look, Skip, little old, little old gun like that. I, when I saw the gun, Skip, the first thing come to my mind was Harlem Nights. You remember the scene with yeah, Eddie Murphy? They got the Gatling gun. Da, 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 yep. And do like, pow, pow. And he told him, put that little you-know-what down. Even though it's a small, it's a handgun, and I knew the NBA wasn't going to look favorably upon no. this. They frowned on situations like this because Ja is one of the faces of the NBA, and that's not a good look. And they believe, they're investigating to see how did that gun get from Memphis all the way to Denver? And Ja's going to be in serious trouble if they conclude that gun was in his bag and it left and it originated maybe at the training facility. And so what? They went and uh, uh, that gun was at the arena. The, I think it's the Pepsi Center. I think that's where they play in Denver, Skip. Mm -hmm. And then he was at Shotgun Willis. Skip, you know Denver, that's my old stopping ground. I know. Shotgun Willis right there. Right there in Colorado. Now, here's the thing, Skip, because they were playing like downtown. Uh, and so he bypassed the Diamond Cabaret. They got a great stake at the cabaret. Ooh. Went to Shotgun Willie's on Colorado Boulevard. There used to be one right behind it called Mile High Saloon. And right down the street where we used to go, Skip, was a club called Jimmy's. Huh. Had a great time. I heard that. I saw it on the travel brochure. I don't know anything about these places, but I saw it on the travel brochure okay, one so, time. Okay, so, Shannon, real quick. So, th this yeah. is in what's called the Glendale neighborhood? That's Glendale. Right? It's, it's called it's Glend it's Glendale. Okay, it's Glendale. so we, we were in Glendale and Phoenix at the Super Bowl. That's yeah. where the stadium yes. is. And there's a Glendale Correct. out here in Los Angeles. But there's a Glendale yes. neighborhood there. Colorado. And is yes. it no? I read in the, the AP report it's known for strip clubs and shoppings like strip shopping centers, I guess. Cherry, 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 Cherry Creek is right. It's probably skip its walking distance. Okay. Like Colorado Boulevard runs yeah. through and it's right. It's absolutely right there. And I think that's Mississippi uh, Parker Parker Road in Mississippi. Uh, uh, Parker Road, excuse me. Parker Road and Colorado Boulevard. It's, it's, right, it's right there on the corner. You can't miss it. Like I said, I don't know if Mile High, still, Mile High Saloon is still there, but you're right. Cherry Creek Shopping Center is right there. In, right, it's right there, Skip. It's right okay, there. Okay, so, so is this uh, like a dangerous area to you? No, no. Okay. Absolutely not. Absolutely right. not. Absolutely not. No, no. <sighs> okay. Before I leave you and launch on this, I thought of you last night when I read that Stephen Adams 
had called out the team, but they all knew that it was directed mostly Mm -hmm. at Ja for their road behavior or misbehavior. Do you remember times in your career as the sort of veteran senior leader of the Broncos Mm -hmm. and or Ravens when you felt compelled to pull a teammate aside or call a teammate out in front of the group and say, you got to ship up or uh, shape up or ship out? Did did you have any discussions like that with the younger player? Uh, absolutely, but it was never to the caliber of player that Ja was. Yeah, uh, yeah I, you know, one of the guys that I had a convers- I used to have conversations with all the time, and I don't think he'll have a problem with me saying it now, was Clinton Portis. Yeah. Because I saw the talent that he had, but I saw some of the things that he was doing. And so I would always pull him aside. And maybe uh, had I stayed, uh, Mike would have felt comfortable enough to keep Clinton Portis there. But once I retired, Mike ended up trading him to get Champ Bailey in return, and we all know how that worked that out. Worked. It worked out yep. pretty well for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. But, yes, Skip, you, you always, because you see some of the things, guys coming in, smelling like, I'm like, bro, go take a shower. Ain't no way you going into the meeting smelling like that. you like you took a shower this morning in a, bat, in a vat of alcohol. Yeah. It's, it's, come on, bro, what, what you doing here? Okay. Now, I got two big points to fire back at you with or or bounce off you. Okay. You mentioned a road record, 12 and 20. Again, Golden State is really struggling on the road, but that started from the start. And and I continue to tell you there's something wrong with Golden State this year, and I think it Mm -hmm. all emanated from the punch that Draymond threw at Jordan Poole. They they never got right off that punch. And and the the great culture that they had – was fractured somehow. So I, I don't read as much into that as I do into the Grizzlies road record, which is 12 and 20, as you point out. They're a better team right now than Golden State is. They're on yeah. the rise, and Golden State, to me, is slightly on the decline, even though they had the recent winning streak. It was mostly clay. It was before Steph got back. But I, I still don't, I don't fear them in the West. But okay. Memphis... Would you believe their road record is worse? Or let me do it upside down. Would you believe your Lakers have a better road record than the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> have? That, that's all you no, need to know that. because that, that shows you something was really amiss on the road for a very good basketball team that was, was yeah. virtually unbeatable at home. Not quite to Denver's level, but very good on, uh, at home. But on the road, they rank 18th in the NBA in road record. Well, you can't tell me that. That doesn't have something to do. It's not a coincidence that we just had the the jaw episodes because I think is he, I, you know, again, Shannon, he's he's the best player on the team. I don't know if yes, if, if they far. consider him the team leader, but but he leads by the, it's his example that's going to get set on the road for the rest of them, and so they're going to end up kind of going as he goes on the road. And I told you in the second half at Denver. He went two of 10. They're up eight at halftime, and they get blown off the floor. It was 63 to 39 Denver in the second half. And my question to you yesterday was, wait a second. He immediately went out and celebrated that? that, That's what's wrong with this picture to start with. Now, let me go. Can I backtrack backtrack you on something? You said that, is he the team leader? Yeah. They might say he's the leader publicly. Yes. But the question is, how many guys would follow? You want your leader. You like, okay, if Tom Brady's the leader, if Shannon Sharp's the leader, if the guy, if such and such is the leader, yep. do you feel comfortable with the 12, 13, 14 other guys 
following said guy. Do you feel comfortable with the 46 other guys on a football team following said guy? That's what you know if the guy's a team leader because you want people to be able to gravitate and sometimes the best player, but sometimes the best player isn't the best person or the best person to lead no. because he will lead you astray. And sometimes, Skip, some guys can do that. Some guys can do things that the other players can't do. LT wrote in his book, LT could party all night. He could. Come out and turn the lights out the stadium. But I don't know if that's necessarily – and he was the leader just because – of the way he conducted himself. Yep. And people looked at LT like, well, damn, how is he able to do that? And I wonder if LT ever saw it back and said, you know what, had I done this instead of that, how much more impactful? I mean, he's the greatest defensive player ever, Skip, and we know some of the transgressions that he had off the field. I just think the thing is, Skip, is that Ja is so young and that he's so talented I don't think, I think the thing is, Skip, I don't really think he thought he was doing anything wrong because what did they say? He ain't breaking no laws. Yeah. He ain't killing nobody. He's mm. not doing this and that. And so we excuse the behavior that of a young man. And sometimes it could have been growing pains. But I don't think a whole lot of, well, you don't want those kind of growing pains. Yeah. We, growing pains. We understand that comes along with being maturing. Maturity, Skip, it takes some time. Some it takes longer than others. Yep. But I'm not so sure that you want those type of growing pains for a young man. Okay. And by the way, the Cowboy teams I covered through the 90s, the leader of those teams, and it wasn't even close, was Michael Irvin. Playmaker. Off the he field, uh, not so much. Uh, hell had no fury like Michael Irvin unleashed after a victory off the field after hours. <laughs> but when it was time to show up and play and lead that team, he led that team. So it's like LT, uh, you know, it's like do as I say, not as I do off the field. Right. But when it's time and to you- make plays and lead the football team, there was nobody better that I've ever covered except maybe Michael Jordan than Michael Irvin. Okay. As long as you don't have too many guys following him down that path, Skip. You know, Michael Michael did what he did. Uh, Michael Irvin, he did what he did. As long as you don't have a contingent. Yeah. And I think the thing is, what Stephen Adams was trying to say, well, Ja, if you stop this, maybe we can stop this bleeding of losing on the road. And maybe because, Skip, if I'm a young guy, I look at the guy that's doing what he's doing. I'm like, man, as soon as I get in the situation, that seems to be okay. That's what okay. I'm going to do. So, so you always try to set a positive example. Yeah. So there's not a veteran leader on the Grizzlies except for Steven Adams. And I'm not Steven sure Adams, he counts correct. because he's not good enough. He, he's not a rising mm-hmm. star. So right. when, when he made his comments, I, I'm sure ears were open. But when, when Ja is listening to those comments – they don't just go in one ear and out the other. I don't think they even go in one ear because I don't think yeah, Jaws going to listen to Stephen Adams. That's just me. They, pro- they probably went over his head. He like he ain't talking to me. So That's you know, hey, I'm just trying yeah. to figure out when is he done, and I can get the point. I can get the point eight. Okay. Now, final level of this. I saw a comment last night. I'm just reading the Jaw thread on Twitter. All the uh-huh. reaction just to what had broken about the Colorado police, Denver police are investigating. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw an interesting one that was aimed at me and you and several other of the commentators around the country in sports media. And the tweeter basically said, hey, we all did some dumb, you know what, the SH word. Yeah. We all did some dumb yes. SH yes. in our late teens and early 20s. Give him Correct. a little bit of a break. And it 
prompted me uh, in my podcast today, I'm going to go through some of the dumb SH that I risked doing in my late teens and early 20s. And you may be a little yeah. surprised by it, but I don't have time yeah. to do it here. But I, I did some risky SH. And, and it was yes. because I, I always made good grades, but I wanted to show my homeboys. I want to show the guys I played baseball and basketball with that that I had a little of that stuff in me, too. Like, I wasn't afraid right. to try that or that. I'm not ta- talking about drugs or alcohol, just things that we did that were Correct. crazy yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. Risky things. If one of those things had gone wrong, I would not be sitting here right now because they were that dangerous. But my point right. is, even though I was coming up and, and I was about to go off to Vanderbilt University, I continued to do some dumb SH while I was at Vanderbilt University, and I had a chance to make something of myself I, I wasn't risking what Jaws risking, and that's what everybody sits no. back and shakes their head at because I was looking at his contract. Okay, so he only makes twelve million as we speak this season. Only twelve, but that's right. for most people, twelve million would be like they'll never see that in their lifetime. N- n- not in their lifetime. And I also looked this up. He's already made at age twenty-three. He's made thirty-nine million dollars. I don't know if he squandered some of that, but but that's a lot of money. Thirty-nine million by yes. the time you're twenty-three. Okay. Now he's got the new deal that kicks in next year. It's five years for $200 million. So here are his salaries going forward. Next year's 34, then 36, 39, 42, and 44. That's his next five years that, that add up to around $200 million. Right. Okay, so we all sit back and say, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Yes. Well, he's not thinking. Yes. He's just being a kid right now, and that's fun right. for him. And he wants to show, I don't know if they're his old homeboys or his new homeboys, I I can still hang with you guys. I, I still do what you guys do. I'm not better than you. I'm not above you. I, I can run the streets with you guys. Right. Okay. I, I agree with you, Skip. I mean, I, the, the stuff that I did, I drove really fast. I mean, the extent of things that I did, I probably knocked over a couple of, I'm sorry, I apologize now some 40 years later, but we probably knocked over a few mailboxes. Yeah. Things where we would drive along and we would knock people's mailboxes okay. over. So that's the extent of it. But I didn't do anything with gunplay. I, I didn't. I didn't flash no guns. I didn't do right. anything like that. But here's the thing, Skip. None of us had two hundred and thirty million dollars. We just didn't. We didn't. So the question that I have for people that's out there, and I'm gonna put it in terms that I hope you can understand: Would you rather spend the next twenty years pretending or wanting to live a lifestyle where you have guns and you flash guns and you pulling guns or you pointing beans at people, or would you rather have two hundred thirty plus million dollars, or would you rather have the potential of having a five hundred million dollar contract? Now, which would you rather live the next twenty years of your life as? A thug worried about, well, damn. Can't sit with my back to the door. I got to worry about somebody running down on me or 500 million and have security and sleep good at night. Which would you choose? Because you, you mentioned it, Skip. You said as a teenager or your, uh, as a young, uh, in mm-hmm. your late teens, yep. early 20s, yep. you did not have $200 million. Mm-hmm. You had not made $39 million. No. So, Shannon, it dawned on me last night when I looked up the money. He has made thirty nine million. And if he's saved it, invested parts or, or all of it. Yeah, you can argue he's already good. Right. He's already a made yeah. man. I mean, that's Absolutely. I don't know if you call that generational, but I think it's pretty close to generational wealth if you, again, oh, yeah. you invest it correctly. So, yes. is a part of him thinking I'm good? I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't I don't think that. But I do think the 
association brings on assimilation. Yeah. I think, Skip, when you hang... Skip, if you think about it, when people say, well, I want to hang around people that's investing, that's talking wealth management. And so now all of a sudden you start to have those ideas. You start to think like them. All of a sudden you hang around somebody that wants to be gunplay, wants to be thuggish, wants to do certain things. You start to think and do and act like them. That's why you need to have right-minded people, people that have the same ideology, that want to accomplish the same thing. Positive people in your life, not negativity, not people that wants to do dumb things and bring you down. So hopefully, like I said, hopefully Jaws like, man, he had an opportunity to sit back and see like, damn, yeah, this was the wrong. I was going about this thing totally wrong. Learn from his mistakes and be become a better man. Because like you said, Skip, he's 23. He'll be 24 in August. Yep. He still has another, what, 12, 13 year. He can make, Skip, he can make. $500, $600 million yep. just on NBA contract. Mm -hmm. Forget the $10, $15, $20 million Nike deal and becoming the face of a major brand, uh, another brand. So, and you want to do what? Mm. You got out of something South Carolina, some small town in South Carolina. And and your idea is like, okay, yeah, guys, I got out, but let me show you how I still do this thing. Yep. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm. That's backwards way of thinking. That's why you did what you did, Ja. Okay. Was to get away from that. I thought, I think, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's what you still want to do. You want to be worth five, six hundred million dollars and still uh, uh, let your homeboys know that you carry that thing with you. Yep. Teach okay. His own. And final thought, Shannon. W wouldn't you agree? We, we hear Kevin Durant and Book in Phoenix, and, and for that matter, Chris Paul talk about how they love to hoop together. I, I yes. always get the feeling that Ja really loves to hoop. Like he that that's yes. he he knows that's what he was born to do. Well well now right. he's faced with a crossroads where do you want that taken away from you? Because that's what you're risking. Mm -hmm. Forget about the money. What what is your happiness on earth? It's it's playing basketball in the National Basketball Association on national TV almost every night. Well, do you want that right. taken away? Because that's what you're risking right now. They will take that away from you and say no more. You're, you're absolutely right. You play, you're playing a dangerous game, Skip, because when you flash money and you do stuff like that, man, you got to be careful because we see it all the time. We've seen, we've seen rappers lose their life because they flashed something or they displayed they something. You put that gun up on, Skip, people will check you. People will really, really see you really about that? You think you about that young blood? Mm -hmm. Bro, you ain't about this lifestyle. Because there are people that really live that lifestyle, and they take offense to someone pretending to live that lifestyle. It's, it's just like actors and actresses. If you're not from that, they, they look differently at a, at a rapper that's get, just getting to the acting business. Or someone coming from the yeah. outside infiltrating. There's like, that ain't what you do. You didn't go to Juilliard. You didn't train. You didn't go Broadway. You didn't do all this. So they look at them sideways. It's the same thing in that world. There are people that look that, bro, we really do this. And you come out here pretending. Mm. Well, he did win most improved player a year ago, which was highly impressive to me. And the fact that he worked so hard to be the most improved should give us all some hope. Oh, yeah. That, that oh, he's yeah, got I'm a not. shot here to your, your initial point that maybe this is the turning point. Yeah, I don't have no doubt in my mind that he can turn this thing around. There's no question. Agreed. Certainly he can. The question is, will he? Guys, excellent points all around as always. You know what struck me? I had the chance to cover Stephen Adams pretty in-depth, and he's a quiet guy. He doesn't normally step up and do yes. locker room speeches. So 
So if he did that, that tells me yeah. that there is a, a very wide awareness of a problem going on before the rest of us knew. All I right, agree. guys, I moving agree. on. Ooh, LeBron was on Twitter last night. Is Bronny really <laughs> NBA ready? Plus, did the Cowboys make the right move? Tagging Tony Pollard. Let's discuss coming up next. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life, from gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform. It's designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash UndisputedPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash UndisputedPod. Your mental health journey begins here. And I won't back down. LeBron James certainly got social media buzzing overnight after he tweeted some really high praise for Bronny. All right, check this out. LeBron tweeting, quote, man, Bronny definitely better than some of these cats I've been watching on League Pass today. Bleep, lightweight, hilarious, end quote. LeBron ended the tweet with four laughing, crying emojis. Ooh, Shannon, what do you make of this? Skip, I know LeBron James loves his son. He loves the maturation that he's seen from his son from a freshman all the way to a senior. Yep. And he's seen the improvement. He's had an incredible run during these state playoffs. But I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Now, I know, understand that LeBron James knows more about basketball and has a better eye for talent than I do. But I do not believe that LeBron James Jr., is better than any current NBA player <laughs> as a high school senior. Now, LeBron James Sr., absolutely. LeBron James Sr., as a high school senior, yeah. was better than some of the current players that was playing in the NBA the year before he got there. Agreed. Absolutely, 1,000% true. But Skip, I, Skip I, don't, I, don't believe, I don't believe LeBron James Jr., though. I don't believe Bronny is better than any current NBA player. And I know... And that's, and that's the thing, Skip. And I know sometimes we joke, man, he, I don't understand how he in the league. And even the 15th guy, the last guy on the bench, will light the average joker up, especially the average high school senior. Now, there have been some seniors that, that's come out, and we've seen it. Kevin Garnett came out as a high school senior. Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, with Kobe, yeah, but, but Skip, you talk, Skip, but you're talking about the upper, 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 upper echelon. Yep. You think you're talking about the, the, you? Uh, that's not even a one percenter. You're talking about like seven, eight, nine, ten zeros in front of the one. That's how rare a high school senior 
is that's better than a, 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 a current NBA player. That's a rarity. I do not believe, although I do believe that LeBron, and I Skip, we see now that all the projections says after one year in, the, uh, uh, in college or one year in the, what is that, the, the G League, that, Le, that Junior is going to be a top 10 tick, at, at least a lottery pick. I give you that. Yeah. I give you that. But, Skip, currently I don't believe that. I'm going to disagree with LeBron on this one. I do not believe that he is as currently we're talking about him, getting ready to go to the state championship, playing they're going to need to win, beat Notre Dame, who's led by Master P's son. Yep. Notre Dame has already beaten them three times this year. So in order for them to advance, they're going to have to beat a team that's already beaten them three times. I don't, Skip. I don't believe that he's currently better than an NBA player. That's just me. I could be wrong, but I don't believe that he's better right now. I appreciate your objectivity on your man, LeBron James, on his son, Bronny James. But I also appreciate a proud pops who just can't help himself. He, he just busting yeah. his buttons with pride over what his son has become. Now, to, to the reality of this, what exactly has Bronny become? Well, he's become a, a very good high school basketball player. But Correct. he's 6'3", 180 pounds. That's what he's listed at. LeBron, obviously, is 6'9", 250, <laughs> 60 pounds. So Correct. there's a 6-inch gap in height and in impact. Yes. So what, what do we know? Yeah, yeah, there you go. And what do we know about what Bronny's accomplished? I, I can't find the exact stats. They're kind of all over the map. But he's averaging somewhere around 16 points, five rebounds, and three assists for Sierra Canyon. To your point, they play tonight at 7 o'clock. They play Notre Dame out of Sherman Oaks out here in the San Fernando Valley. They play them for a fourth time this year, and they've lost all three games to Notre Dame so far. They lost at Pauley Pavilion, where UCLA plays 66-62. Then they got blown out in a tournament 88-61. Then they played at Notre Dame and lost 70-60. I'm sorry, 70-53. I'm not sure which one Master P's son is, but there's a kid named Caleb Foster. Would that be – he's the point guard. No, no. His, his, name, his name is Her, uh, Hersey Miller or Mercy Miller. Okay. But I'm, I, I, I'm not sure I, about him. Yeah. No, okay. No. I, I think their best player is Caleb Foster because he's a point guard who's also 6'3", 180 pounds, and he's already signed with Duke. So I, I think he's pretty to, pretty to very good. He's the highest in the ESPN top, whatever it is, 300. Caleb Foster is ranked 31st. Well, well, Bronny is 28, so Bronny is up there. But neither Bronny nor Caleb Foster are considered five stars. They're four-star recruits, so they're not top of the list kind of recruits. Correct. And then there's Mm -hmm. another kid listed at 70th named Dusty Stromer, who's signed with Gonzaga, who also plays for Notre Dame. My point is Yeah, Yeah, I saw him play. He can shoot his skip. Okay. Dusty can shoot it. All right. So LeBron, to his credit, has been showing up for all the Laker games in his walking boot now, now that he's out, obviously. And yet they play tonight at the Crypt at 7 o'clock against Memphis. And Bronny plays at 7 o'clock against Notre Dame out at Calabasas High School. If I'm LeBron, I got no issue. I, I'm going to watch my son play that game. So – We'll see where, where that heads. But, I, again, I, I would nah, have no... Nah, 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 Skip. Nah, I'm going to have a problem so? with that. I'm going to be straight. No, nah, hell no. Really? Nah. 
I mean, Vance. Uh, I know, Finn, but he's he's Finn not Savannah. able to play for the Lakers. So that's okay. That's, that's okay. That's okay, Skip. I know, and, but, and I get that. And I really okay, but Bronny's that, a that, senior. This is it. This is swan song. If you win this game, then you go to the state playoffs. This is the regional final. Yeah. Okay. The, the thing is, as a as a professional athlete, you understand that this is this that's is a part what you of the gave job. up. Yeah. This okay. is an assumption of the risk. You know there are go- recitals and there are going to be soccer things. There are going to be this and that right. that you're going to be, un- be unable to attend. Okay, I'm surprised you're saying that, but th- that that's fine. I would be, in, in my worldview, I'd be fine if LeBron said, I'm going to go to his game. Again, you'd open the Pandora's box for other Lakers to say, my kid's got this or that and I need to go to it. Right. Uh, but yes. like obviously, if LeBron is able to play tonight, then then I would have a huge problem with it if you went to Bronny's right. game. But right. the, the, again, I will never tell a parent how to parent his child. But no, there, there are times that I feel for Bronny because man, he's got the way of the way. He's literally got his father's name on his shoulders, even though it's been <laughs> sort of nicknamed into Bronny. He is LeBron right. Jr. Yeah. And I, yes. I just don't know. Now, now you've heaped even more pressure on him because you're you're already telling the world via Twitter that and how many how many uh, followers does he like have? Fifty like plus 50 million. He got like million. 52, 53 okay, million. So fifty. You've told fifty three million people and then many more by word of mouth that you're, you're saying my son is already better than a lot of these cats I'm watching on the league pass today around the NBA. And I just don't know if the kid can live up to that. That that is a lot to ask because I do right. agree with you. There's no way he's better than a bunch of guys that LeBron is watch, watching actually get in games to play for the NBA teams. Right. I'm okay. not saying that he Skip. I'm not saying that he can't become, but he's speaking in in in, in present tense terms. He is. He's saying right now. That's what he's saying. Hey, if you if he spoke in future tense, oh my boy, hey. I can see this right now. My boy is going to be better. Is going to be Maybe. better than some of these yeah. cats that I see on NBA League Pass. Okay, I got no problem with that. Okay. I got no problem. But he said, in, he's speak, speaking in present tense. As I tweet That's this, my saying. boy is better than these guys, some of these guys. On, and I just, I just disagree. Now, I could be, like I said, Skip, his eye for talent is a lot better than mine because he played the sport and we know his IQ uh, is off the chart when it comes to basketball. Sure. But I... I, I haven't seen, and I haven't seen all of a uh, uh, junior's games. I'll be the first to admit that, but I try to catch him when he is playing. Yeah. They, uh, and I, I've seen him on Sports Spectrum a couple of times, and I've seen a lot, and, you know, we watch a lot of the games. We got to watch a lot of the games. I don't see it, Skip. I don't see him better than a, a current NBA player. And I'm talking about the, obviously we're not talking about the top eight, nine guys, yeah. but I haven't seen him better than the 13th, 14th, or 15th guy. I'm yeah. just being honest, Skip. Well, the, the joke on Twitter that I kept seeing last night was that Bronny got hold of LeBron's phone and, and tweeted this on LeBron's account <laughs> for Bronny. But I, I'm not the sure the kid, the, the kid would wish this on himself. I, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Okay, so what do we know in the biggest picture? The kid has offers from Kentucky, Memphis, Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, and USC. A lot of people think he okay. might stay out here and go to USC. On his okay. list are Duke and Kansas your favorite team, North Carolina, and UCLA. So he is a hotly sought prospect, but there's still a chance because he hasn't committed. He'd go G League Ignite, spend a year there. He could even take the LaMelo route and go play overseas. Overseas. But yeah, money, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either because 
I don't think money is the issue. If he wants an NIL deal as Bronny James, he's going to get the biggest one in his class where right. he decides to go to college if, in fact, he's going for one year to college. But to, to me, it, it made the most sense for him just to stay out here and play if he prefers USC over UCLA. That's fine. Play for USC for a year. And again, you'd be within striking distance where your dad could watch you play a good bit. Uh, well, I could be wrong, Skip, but hell, I think he already has a couple of NIL deals. Yeah, <laughs> so, he does. So you're no, right. he does. Mo- yeah. mo- <laughs> no, that's money, not a problem. Money, mo- money was never going to be an issue no. for him because his last name is James and his dad's first name is LeBron. So money was never going to be the issue. Uh, he's had the best of everything. And the thing that I like most, even though he's had the best of everything, he's worked incredibly hard because he's not naturally as gifted as, he da- as his dad. He doesn't have his dad height. He doesn't have his dad athleticism. He doesn't have no. his dad size. So he's had to work, and he has the burden, and I don't care what anybody says. It is a burden when your dad is that and you are this. Yep. He's junior. He's senior. That yeah. is a burden because everybody yep. goes, Skip, you know what everybody said? Man, your daddy would have made that shot. Your daddy would have dunked that one. Your daddy would have deed him up. Your dad, your dad, your dad. He's like, but Brian ain't my dad. No. <laughs> I'm not. Okay, so obviously the longer-term goal for LeBron is to play at least a year with Bronny. And it's possible, LeBron, there's method to the madness here that he's trying to make sure he hypes the value of his son <laughs> so, so that he makes sure that his son gets drafted high enough that he will, will have a shot to be a starter as a rookie. And wherever LeBron, it could be with the Lakers or it could be elsewhere, that, that LeBron's dream come true, that, that he has earned after he passed Kareem for the all-time scoring champion, or, uh, uh, record, that, that he has earned the right to be able to choose to go play with Bronny for at least one year, maybe even a couple of years. So I started thinking last okay. night, did, did he want this out there to continue to build the expectation for his son in a good way heading to the NBA so that NBA teams will start to value him even more than they do? Well, what's scary the thing for me is I like to, you know, I like to under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah. Right now, LeBron, LeBron is, is over-promising. Yes, he is. So that, that's just, look, Skip, everybody views things like you said. I'm not telling LeBron anything about his kids or how he should do it or what he should have done um, because I have kids of my own and I've done the best job I possibly could. There's no hand manual and what works for your kid might yep. not work for my kids and what worked for mine might not work for yours. Yep. But, Skip, are you, and the thing is, Skip, and everybody knows, this is not a secret. Everybody knows how I feel about LeBron James. But, Skip, I've always tried to be as honest and objective when speaking about LeBron as I possibly could. And I'm trying to be as objective and as honest as I possibly can. I do not believe, this is my own personal opinion, that LeBron James Jr. currently, as I'm talking about, as you and I are having this discussion, yep. is better than any current NBA player. That is just my humble opinion. Mm. I, I was racking my brain last night. I, I had on a little bit. I was flipping around. I was watching Dame play at Detroit. And remember Corey Joseph, who used to play for my Spurs back in the day? Yeah. He played yeah. a good bit last night for Detroit. He's still up and running. And I started thinking, is Bronny as good as Corey Joseph? I, I don't know. Maybe he's in the ballpark of Corey Joseph. But Corey Joseph has been playing me, for a long time, man. He, he let is me, a let sly me ask you a one. What, what do you think, if, we have, if I were to take – 
the 13th best high school player, the 13th best, 14th, 15th best NBA player and put him in high school, what do you think he'd average? <laughs> It'd be ridiculous. Whatever he wanted, he could <laughs> name I, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I were to take the 13th or 14th best player and put him in college, what would he do? So that's why you have to. I mean, that's why you have to look at it, Skip. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just being, I'm just being honest. You are. I thank you for that. <laughs> Shannon, I agree with you. Under promise and over deliver. <laughs> and by the way, guys, NIL deals that Ronnie has beats by Dre and Nike already. His wallet is not. Yeah, hurting. so he's straight. That's yeah. for he's sure. straight. <laughs> you, you exactly right. All right. Do kids even carry wallets Speaking anymore? Of money, kids? gentlemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do people sorry, carry a wallet? Shannon? Skip, you carry a wallet? Yes, Skip, I do. Skip, you carry a wallet? I'm just trying to figure out, do mm-hmm. people still carry wallets? Yeah. I don't. You don't. I do not. You got the money clip? Yeah, I got a money clip. Ain't no money in it, but it's a clip. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, speaking of money, Skip's Cowboys, they got ahead of that franchise tag deadline later today by placing their tag on Tony Pollard yesterday. The tag for a running back, just over $10 million. But the team still reportedly wants to work on getting a long-term deal done with Pollard. They have until July 15th to do so. Skip, I know you're going to have a ton to say on this one. So, Shannon, let's start with you. Is this the right move or the wrong move for the Cowboys? Skip, I don't know if it's the smartest move, but this is one thing we know about Jerry Jones. He's very loyal to the players that he drafted, that he selected. He looks at them as if they're his children. So he has a, an affinity, he has an infatuation with guys that Jerry, Gerald Wayne Jones selects. Jerry, Skip, I don't know what it is. Now, I commend him because we, if so many times owners and, and general managers tell us about the business side. Coming off the injury that, that, that Tony Pollard came off, come, is coming off of, I don't know if there's a whole lot of teams that's going to be offering Tony Pollard up because we see the, the running back position has been devalued. Uh, it's going to be a long, long time before someone gets another Zeke contract or Christian McCaffrey's contract, Skip, because the running back position, they're like, we can get a guy in the third round. We can get a guy on a rookie contract, running for four years, use him up, and then, hey, just move on and go get another one. With that being said, Skip, I appreciate what Jerry Jones is doing by showing a loyalty to one of his players that played extremely well for him. But given the running back position, and how that we can see guys that third rounders, fourth rounders turn out to be really good. I'm surprised. I'm surprised considering that he has Zeke get on the hook for 16.7 million. Tony Pollard, the uh, the franchise tag is a little, uh, is uh, almost 10.1 million, and Malik Davis is 870 thousand. So Skip, you're looking at 27 over 27 thousand dollars just in running backs and cap and cap here. Now obviously. We know that they're going to redo something. They're going to restructure Zeke. Um, but I don't think Zeke's going anywhere. I think they're going to restructure the contract, make it more digestible for them as far as cap purposes. Uh, but so, Skip, with that being said, um, am I surprised? No, because I know how Jerry is, how, how much he loves the players that he selected. He loves Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard played extremely well, but he is coming off an injury, Skip. The, it, I, I don't know if it's similar to when the one Dak had, but a running back having an injury like this and a quarterback having an injury like this is something entirely different because that is not Justin Fields. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's not as dependent on his legs 
as those guys would be. A running back is de- what running back isn't dependent on his leg, Skip. Yep. I mean, I'm not saying I'm just I'm just trying to be honest with you, Skip. I don't know what running back isn't dependent on his leg. So I think his injury might be a little bit more impactful than the one Dak had for the simple fact of the position that he plays. Yeah. But am I surprised Jerry's doing this? No. Do I think it's the smartest business thing as far as cap purposes? No. Okay. As usual, this offseason, speaking of running backs, <laughs> you have me on the run when it comes to my Dallas Cowboys because here I go again. <laughs> I don't know whether to cheer or to cry about this move because I love me some Tony Pollard. I have been bullish on Tony Pollard from the start. Jerry hit another draft home run because Tony Pollard is a home run hitter of the highest order. He led this whole league last year of running backs with a minimum of 150 carries, 150 touches in, in yards per touch at almost six yards a touch. It was 5.94. Christian McCaffrey was second at 5.71. You laughed at me, but I was even making the case going into the San Francisco playoff game, Dallas at San Francisco, that I would take Tony Pollard over Christian McCaffrey just because he's a touch faster than Christian is. Love Christian, nothing but respect. But I think Tony Pollard is underestimated, underrated in running between the tackles because I think he's at least as effective as C-Mac is, even though C-Mac looks like he's running harder. He runs with more energy. There's more moving parts to his running. Tony Pollard is just effortless. He is, it's beautiful to watch because he, he does it so gracefully and artfully to me that you can't even see it coming. The, the acceleration is, is, is smoother than the eye. So I, I love right. everything about him except what happened at San Francisco because he got pulled down from behind. It's sort of a horse collar type tackle. tackle, yeah. And you know what happened. The ankle went, a ligament went in the ankle, and the, the fibula fractured. So they're saying right. they're saying the fibula is okay. It's it's going to heal on its own, and it will ultimately be a hundred percent somewhere down the line. I don't even know if he's going to be ready okay. for the start of the season. But okay, they went right. into the ankle and they did the tightrope surgery. It's the new way. Instead of right. putting like right. bolts in, screws in, right. that they put a cord in for the tightrope to fix it. Tua had that surgery when he was at Alabama, and Ryan Tannehill had it here lately. And yet, to your point, those are quarterbacks who don't really depend on their legs. Here and there they do, but not like Tony Pollard does because his legs are everything. So you you got me on the run because I I don't know if he's ever going to be right. They say he's going to be 100% right. They are betting on that because they're trying, as we speak, to to sign him to a long-term deal that would eliminate having to use the cap. Right. But to your point. Use the tag. The, yeah, I'm sorry, the tag. And yet, to your point, I, I'm looking at what Ezekiel Elliott is scheduled to make next this coming season. <laughs> it, it's $800,000 more this coming season than Tony Pollard would make under the, the tag. What? Yeah. So they're still stuck with that deal, but they owe him no more guaranteed money because he got $50 million guaranteed. So right. <laughs> they're saying they're, they're sending out – 
new messages that they don't want to part with Zeke. They think he's very important to the locker room. I, I don't. I, I'm done. I've seen enough. Because even last year, Shannon, he carried the ball 231 times to, to Pollard's 193. So that's 31 and 7. That's, that's almost 40 more carries for the season. Zeke, once yeah. again, averaged a career low 3.8 yards per carry. That's, that, that's the worst in the league at, at, um, at, at anybody over 200 carries for sure. And oh, yet sure. T- Tony Pollard at 193, he was 5.2 a carry. He's a home run hitter. And I even remind you, I, I've been bullish from the start. Again, remember, right out of the box, you weren't even sure who he was. Is he that guy or that guy? And you called him Mike Pollard one time before he even knew <laughs> yeah, who, who he was. And then all of a sudden, he just took off out of Memphis. And then yeah. last year, do you remember what happened at Green Bay? Yeah. In, in the overtime, they get the ball, and they go, Tony Pollard, four straight plays, seven, seven, nine, and nine. Now, the first nine got a race because – Jalen Tolbert, the, the, the rookie out of uh, uh, lined up offside. Where is he out? Alabama, Birmingham. South, yeah. South Alabama. South Alabama. We're South Alabama. Yeah, he lined up offside, so it didn't help the play. He still got nine yards, but it it obviously nullified the play. Backed him up five okay. yards. Okay, so but but that's how he started off the overtime. Remember, and they ended up losing obviously to Aaron Rodgers and company. Then remember at Jacksonville. What's the first play of overtime? That they actually won the toss. No, no, I'm sorry, they didn't win. They, they got the ball back. Jacksonville won the toss. Yeah, they yeah. they got the ball back. And on the very first play, Tony Pollard goes 21 yards, and then right. one thing leads to another, and there's a tipped interception. Then Dak six. Yeah, say Dak that. happened. He did. No, say that. Dak yeah, exactly. happened. You got me. You got me. Okay, so. I, I'm I'm happy that they're going to try to keep him because he is going to be a free agent or they they he could right. be. And I thought for a second maybe they'll think he's just damaged goods and they'll just let him go elsewhere as a high risk right. running back. Well, the reason I got burned over this, the reason I'm still a little gun shy over this is because when when I was all about Ezekiel Elliott back in 2019, he goes and holds out at Cabo. And I'm thinking you have to have him because he's the driving force of your team. He had been for his first three years. He had led the league in in rushing yards per game. And what happens? He gets his deal. He shows up for the 2019 season, and he hits the wall. He hasn't been the same since. I can't even recognize him now. So now they're talking about they could restructure his deal. You know, it's almost like they give him – a dollar an hour, and he'd be happy to still be a Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> I, I don't know, because they want him around. I, I'm, yeah. I've seen enough. It would help the cap if you just went ahead and cut bait. Wished him well. He, he'll be a lifetime. He'll be viewed as a Dallas Cowboy. I don't think he's ha- got much left. I, I'm not sure anybody else, they might bring him to camp. I'm not even sure he could make another roster right now. So, right. To, to me, it's all about Tony Pollard, and I think he is a absolute difference maker if he's going to be healthy and I don't know for sure whether he's going to be healthy but I do not blame them in fact I applaud them for going ahead and tagging him so you said this was the right move for the Dallas Absolutely, Cowboys the franchise but, tag but again now once again here we go with the risk there's a caveat there's an asterisk because it's asterisk r-i-s-k as in risk because he is now right. high risk as a running back with a career-threatening injury. They say Let's he's get- going to be 100%, and if they're right, we're all good. What? 
Well, hell, I ain't had a, I've never had a doctor operate on somebody and say they wasn't going to be 100%. I, because I agree. If, if a doctor operated on me and told me, I don't know if she's going to be 100%, I don't want – if you tell me that, I don't even – I don't even want you operating on me. I would need somebody a little more positive going into it. But, Skip, this is what you told me. You've told me out of your own mouth, yep. since Dak had that injury, he's not as mobile, and he looks like he's laboring when he runs. He lumbers. He does. Yeah. And it was so, – Yeah. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Jerry last year kept saying, I'm telling them, the coaching staff, I want to see him run more. And I'm saying, run how? Run weird. Where? Like, like how? <laughs> what, what? He, he, he just, he weighs, what do you think Dak weighs? 230 or 40, somewhere in there, 235. Yeah, 240, probably 240, 240. yeah. 240. And now it's rumbling, stumbling for the first down when he takes off. And it's okay if you trick him, if you completely fool him, then that's fine. Every yeah. once in a while he'll take off up the middle and, and get eight or ten yards. But it's because all the DBs are playing man and they're running deep with the receivers and there's nobody home in the middle of the field. But other than right. that, remember, when Dak was a rookie and a second-year player, he, he could do some damage with his legs. It was a yeah, big, he could. The, the read option was a big part of the offense. Well, he's just not okay. the same because he had a career-threatening ankle injury. And it's, right. it's not okay. the same. At least he can push off and throw, although you, you could make the case that maybe that even hinders some of his – accuracy at this point right but i'm not i'm definitely not surprised i'm not skip i'm not surprised that jerry because we know how like i said we know how jerry feels about about players that he's drafted is it is it the smartest business you say they're trying to get something done so they don't have to use the tag yeah um and so that that but 10 million dollars so what is he what is he willing to play skip if he does a long-term deal let's just say he does a three four-year deal i don't see him going much longer than that yeah obviously jerry would like to give a five-year deal so you could spread it out over the life of the contract but what what do you what do you think a running back what do you think a running back uh, uh tony pollard a guy that plays what he gets 20 snaps 25 may on the high end skip he only gets 20 25 snaps a game Okay, That's I think on the he, high, 25 is on the high end. Okay, but I think he's bell cow. I think he can take the pounding. Again, not for more than four or five more years, but I think he is built to last as far as running between the tackles on occasion. So I, I don't know. I don't even know what the going rate is. Is it 25, somewhere in that range, 20 to 25? You, you keep pointing 20, out. You know, you got Micah coming. You got Trevon Diggs coming. You, you, you got some, no, yeah. no, no, they're not. No, no, Skip, Trayvon Diggs and Mike are here. They're not coming. They're here. No, no that big the Moby Dick, that giant big white whale is. is Michael Parsons. Yep. He's coming up next year. Yep. And by the way, he plays like <laughs> a great white. No, he's not a great. That's a great yeah. whale. That's a great. Yeah. 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 That's what that's what's coming down the pipeline. And you saw what Miles Garrett and you saw what Bosa. He been to blow all this out of the water. He yep. been to blow. Excuse me. Hey. Whatever your cap is or what you thought it was going to be, yep. oh, he about to get that. Yep. Well, if Tony Pollard is right, you're in trouble. That's all I know. Nope. I'm not going to be in trouble because guess what? As long as number four is right, <laughs> I'll be right back here again. I'll be yeah. right back here again happy. <laughs> huh. I, I think, or should I say as long Pollard as four is wrong? Yeah. Wait, 20 is five times better than four, right? So that I'll take number 20. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, number four has to hand the ball yes, to number does. 20. Yeah. 
All right, guys, Pollard's the third player this season to be franchise tagged, along with commanders who tagged D-tackle Deron Payne and the Jaguars yesterday tagging tight end Evan Ingram. All right, speaking of the franchise tag and next season, do y'all think Lamar and the Ravens get a deal done in the 11th hour, or is Lamar moving on? Let's discuss coming up next on Undisputed. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens still do not have a deal in place. Reports are now Baltimore will indeed franchise tag Lamar ahead of today's deadline. Yesterday, Ravens Executive Vice President Ozzie Newsom said in an interview, the negotiations will, quote, go up until 3.30. A lot of energy will be utilized in trying to get a deal done. Shannon, what will your former team decide? Well, Skip, this is very tr- uh, uh, a tricky situation because of the money that's involved. The reports are they're over $100 million away. Um, I think they want to go somewhere between 100 and $150 million in, 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 in fully guarantees, and he wants in excess of $200 million guaranteed. Skip, the old saying is a wise man will learn from others' mistakes. A fool will learn from his own. You would have thought that the the Ravens would have learned from a mistake that the Cowboys made, waiting until the 18th hour, let the ink drown the contract, yep. and try to pay Dak. Mm-hmm. You believe they've overpaid for Dak. You probably should have signed Lamar before Deshaun got his second contract. Yep. The first contract that he got in Houston, that's easily digestible for a guy <clears throat> Excuse me, of Lamar Jackson's talent and what he displayed on the football field. But now... All these guys have come and they're getting 130, 180 million dollars in guarantees. I don't know how you ask Lamar, who all these guys that have gotten these contracts of, 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 of 180 million dollars in guarantees, how you ask Lamar to take less than that when his contract is completely up? And that's what the Cowboys did. You asking Dak to take, excuse me, guys. <laughs> you asking Lamar Jackson to give you a hometown discount. Guys normally give you a discount, Skip, if you come to them and they have years left on their contract because, you know what, I'm getting some extra financial security, I'll give you a little leeway. But when you ask a guy to let the contract completely run out and we're at the period, at the end of the contract, and say, oh, yeah, give me that Patrick Mahomes deal. Mm -mm. Everybody knew that in three years, Patrick Mahomes' contract was going to be a dinosaur. Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. It was going to be an eyesore. Everybody knew that. But Patrick Mahomes says, you know what? Y'all coming to me right now? Okay, sure. Sure, I'll work your deal. I want to keep as much talent as I can. Chris, I got Chris Jones coming up. We got Kelsey. You know, we got to do some things. They had the money. We, uh, we like to keep Tyreek. But, Skip, I can't believe that the Ravens found themselves in this position again. You just went through this like six years, seven, eight years ago with Flacco. Yep. Let the contract run out. He goes, wins a Super Bowl, and you have to pay him way, way more than what he's actually worth. Agreed. Now, because of Lamar, Lamar's like, hold on. All these guys is getting this guaranteed money. I get, okay, I get the, what Patrick Mahomes did. Okay, fine. Guy's a two-time league MVP, two-time Super Bowl champ. I get Aaron Rodgers getting his money. But, bro, there are some guys that's getting money that's never won an MVP. That's got to be worth something. 
There's some guys that's getting this money and never won a playoff game. That's got to be worth something. There's some guys that's never won the division that's getting this money. That's got to be worth something. So Lamar said, I got three somethings, and there are some guys that got three nothings, and they getting all this guaranteed money, and y'all want me to give y'all a discount. Yep. I wish I might. <laughs> it's not going to happen, Skip, and so more than likely, they're going to franchise Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not going to be happy about it. No. It's going to be as simple as that. But they can't do anything. They can't trade Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is a free agent. And the only way you can't trade a free agent player unless he signs a contract yeah. and then, then you can trade him. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be something that y'all have to work out behind the scenes. And the mere fact that Ozzie Newsom is getting involved and talking about it, which I told you, Skip, hey, he, he in the background. Now, yeah. he, you know, he the, he the, he the, he the, he the, he the big wizard that you don't really talk about right. or hear anymore. Yeah. But trust me, he working. Let you know the seriousness of this matter. It's an all hands on deck. Steve Bashotti, who's the owner, I need all hands on deck. Ozzy, I'm bringing the big gun back in. You, DeCosta, whoever else need to get in the room, let's see if we can get this thing ironed out. Yeah. Because, Skip, it's, it's going to get really ugly if Lamar Jackson has to play on this franchise tag. This Agreed. Year. It's going to get really ugly. And remember, he first has to sign the tender. It's up to him. Once yeah, they he, tag him, then he has to agree to sign the dotted line. I accept no, the no, tag. He, right? No, he ain't, he ain't going to sign the tender. He's not signing the tender until July. That's, because if you sign the tender and you don't show up for OTAs or, or excuse me, in minicaps and stuff, they can find you. you. So he ain't signing no tender. Okay. Until, that's way, well, I, I'm not sure he'll sign it going into training camp because – this might become an even uglier holdout type situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Quick thought on Joe Flacco. He's the opposite to me of Lamar Jackson because I still don't get it. I don't know how he pulled this off. But when Joe Flacco got to the postseason, albeit with really good teams around him, really good defense to have his back, he just lit it up. He put up numbers I, yeah. I never thought he was capable of. I, I look back at his playoff numbers – they're all-time great. They're sensational. Yeah, I, I don't get it because he couldn't back it up in the regular season. So they, to your nope. point, they give him and his agent Joe Linta, a guy I've known for a long time, they give him their money. They had no choice. And here he None. goes, and he turned back into Joe Fluco in the regular season. He's just he's average at best in the when it really right. matters in the regular season. Okay, Lamar won the MVP of this league, and it's hard, man. He did that. Yeah. He, he led the league in touchdown passes because he can throw darts with the best of them. So he did that. He proved that. He has not proven what Flacco has proven in the postseason. Not yet. Right. We haven't gotten there yet. But you know what Lamar is. He's a proud, tough, strong young man. And once you offend him deeply, once you show him we're not sold on you, once he says, wait a second, I died for your cause. I, I got beat up for your cause. And now you're not going to, to make it right with me. You're not going to pay me what I earned. And mm -hmm. I, I don't blame him. He's furious because he knows deep down they don't really believe in his ability to stay healthy for the long term. I don't know. Maybe That's they don't. It. Maybe they don't believe in his overall ability long term. Some people don't. I do. But the point is, it feels like the bridge just isn't on fire right now. 
it feels like the bridge is smoldering embers, like it already burned yeah. to the ground and it's just smoldering. Yeah. And it feels wrong to me. It felt wrong all year. I know he he came in this year, and I was told, I, I told you I heard from one of the players inside who were in the quarterback in the offensive meetings who said Lamar barely participated because he was angry about how he was getting treated. Well, when it was time yeah. to play, he played. And then he got yeah. hurt, and I, I don't know how hurt he was, but Shannon Sharp, the Hall of Famer, kept saying, Lamar, that's it. Don't, don't go back. And he Hell did not no. go back. I don't know if he's capable or not. Again, but, Harbaugh kept yeah. saying, yes, he's, he's able uh, – I mean, he's, he's hurt and not able to play. Go ahead. Skip, you've been in the TV business for a very, very long time. And you have an agent. I have an agent. Sometimes you need that buffer. You do. Because they might tell you one thing, oh, Skip, you the greatest, you the greatest, you the greatest. And when it comes time for you to get your money, well, you said I was the greatest, break bread. Well, Skip, you're not that good. Wait a minute. Feeling, Skip, we are human. Yep. You hear your employer tell you all the things that you're not. It's going, not going to sit well with you. And you're as an agent, he's your buffer. He takes all that in. And I know I've had the same agent since 1996, Marvin yep. Demar. Yep. And I know there's things that the Broncos or the Ravens or CBS or Fox have said that Marvin never told me because he knew, knowing me, it would put me in some kind of space. <laughs> so he kept that to himself yep. and got the best contract. Mm-hmm. I just think it's hard for Lamar to sit across from Ozzy, Eric DeCosta, or whomever else, the cap guy. And to hear everything that he's not and the reason why they don't want to give him this money and come out of that locker room like, ooh, even though he get his money skipped to know how they feel about you, I'll pay somebody that one, two percent or get somebody on an hourly rate. Say, I'm going to pay you when you work. Yeah. But Skip, I would get that buffer. And I got to get it. Somebody tell you, though, get the NFL PA. Sometimes sometimes, it's about peace of mind. It is. Sometimes it it really is about a peace of mind and not an extra. I would would rather pay somebody half a million, million dollars, have peace of mind, and like, you know what? They really, hey, they really like you, boy. They gave me my money. I agree. As opposed to hear them saying all these negative things about me and to know how they really feel about me. Nah, that's just me. Okay. Now, some people are like, hey, give me a billion dollars, and I don't care how you feel about me. I agree, and he's had his mother representing him, which might as well be Lamar Correct. representing himself. Correct. Okay. Yes. So this has gone on for 25 months of negotiations, and we're nearing the first big deadline here, which is 4 p.m. Eastern time today. If they're going to tag him, they have to make a choice between exclusive, non-exclusive. I don't know if, if they value him so little that they would go non-exclusive, so they would cut his salary under the tag from 45 down to $32.5 million. But that way, if he's non-exclusive, then other teams can bid for him. They, they can try to sign him. Ravens have the right, right to match. And to match. If, if, again, if he's gone, if he goes to the other team, they get back two first-round draft picks. Not all bad, but not what you think you could get as a blockbuster trade, if you actually were right. able to trade Lamar to a, to a suitor that really wanted and needed him. So right. to me, I'm fascinated to see if they're going to devalue him to the point where they're saying, well, we want to save this 
$13 million. Let's 13 go million. non-exclusive tag, and we'll risk some people coming in. And they may even be thinking, Shannon, if somebody does come and they want to give us two firsts for Lamar and they want to overpay him, God bless them. Maybe that's what Baltimore's thinking. But let me ask you a question, Skip. Okay, you do that. You get the two first-round picks. Is one of those picks going to be a quarterback? It better. It has to be. Are you going to be able to get Yeah. Because you saw, Skip, you do realize when Lamar Jackson got hurt, you was, you was uh, winning the, you was a two-game lead in the division. Well, That's I, what you had with Lamar Jackson. Well, I, I believe we, you would have won the division. I remember when we re-picked our Super Bowl teams at mid-year, you, you picked the Ravens to win it all. And I, and I wasn't arguing. I picked the Ravens. Yep. Yeah. So, Ravens, you're, you are a heavily, heavily Lamar Jackson-reliant team. You are. On and off the field, and I with, believe. Yep. So, with that being said, Skip, the pieces that you've accumulated was to fit Lamar. How do you all of a sudden say, no, we're going to move in a different direction than Lamar when all the pieces that you accumulated was best suited for him? I don't know. I got to say, Shannon, he is so valuable in so many ways. They're different kind of ways. They're not the prototype ways, but he is so valuable. He is such a gamer, such a baller, such a leader of this team, such a playmaker I don't care. Whatever the going rate is, as you used to say about Dak, whatever it is, just pay the man. You got to pay it. Just pay you gotta it. You got to pay it. Because six months from now, the going rate will seem like a steal because it'll just keep going yeah. up. I don't think the going rate is the problem. I don't think they got a problem giving Lamar Jackson 50, $55 million. Yep. Is how, how much long? fully guaranteed money yep. is we, are we going to give him? The, the albatross, the outlier contract that everybody's looking at, Skip, Deshaun. is the, one of the original copies of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. It's a Stradivarian. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, what they're look, that's what Lamar Jackson sees. He sees Deshaun Jackson. He does. Deshaun, excuse me. Deshaun Watson's yeah, contract. He does. Skip, it's a quarter of a billion, and it's guaranteed. Guaranteed to the dollar. Yep. Agreed. It is so a very intriguing let's, situation. Let's see. Let's see, Skip. Thanks, let's see what. Let's see what Joe Burrow. Let's see what Justin Herbert. Let's see what they get. Now, remind you, Skip. They got two years plus two franchise tags. They do. So theoretically, the car, uh, uh, the uh, the Bengals and the Chargers don't really have to do anything for four years. Let's see the type of money, guaranteed money, that they get in these contracts with two years plus two franchise tags left on the deal. Because it's going to be very interesting to see. You believe the Bengals are going to have to do what Absolutely. they normally don't do. <laughs> they have no choice. Joe Burrow. No choice. You got to do it for that guy at that position. Got to open up the purse strings. That's for sure. All right, guys, we yeah. got to move on. Shannon, you're wearing green. I think that's pretty bold. After the Celtics dropped three straight, how worried should the Boston fan base be? Let's discuss coming up next right here on FS1. Over to Boston now. The Celtics have lost three games in a row after a 118-114 overtime loss last night to the Cavaliers. Boston had a 14-point lead entering the fourth quarter. This makes the third straight game they've led by at least 14 points, then lost. All right, Shannon, I'm enjoying dishing this to you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about the Celtics right now? 
Well, if it was one game, Skip, I would be at a one. But with his three games, and they lost a 28-point lead. I think they lost a 17-point lead. And last night, even though they were out Jason Tatum and Al Horford, they had a 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter. They were dominating this ball game. And, you know, we talked about it yesterday. I said, look, I don't think Cleveland are serious contenders. I said, but they got two guys that can get hot, and they can light you up. We know, Skip, Donovan Mitchell just had a 71-point game less than a month ago. Yeah, We've seen him have 50-point games. We've seen him have unbelievable games, even in the playoffs. So we know he can get it going. Darius Garland was, is an all-star. We know he can catch fire. And they caught fire in the, in, the, uh, uh, in the fourth quarter. But even though with that being said, Skip, all Grant Williams has to do is make one free throw and yep. then win the game. Mm. Skip, we, we're probably not going to even do this. All, and he went up there and I, Skip, I like Grant. Met him this summer. He's a great yep. guy. The man went up there and told, he told Donovan Mitchell he's going to make both. both. I'm going to make them both of them. Mm-hmm. Nah, all you need is one. Just say, I, I, I guarantee you I'm going to make one of these. He said he's going to make both of them and miss both of them. And, Skip, you, when a situation like that, Skip, you know a game that you should have won. I kind of felt, I, maybe I was the only one. I said, man, this thing going overtime, it's over for Boston. Y'all supposed to have won this in regulation. Yeah. It was a foul. The officials, I'm glad the officials didn't take the easy way, didn't take the easy way out, Skip. Like, Agreed. oh, no. Swallow their whistles. No. It was a foul. It was a foul. Grant Williams got a step to the free throw line. And Skip, he has to, he has to make that, he has to make one of those free throws. Um, but I think there's it's a cause for concern, Skip, because it, it look, a 28-point lead to a team that doesn't have KD, that doesn't have Kyrie. And it, it it's it's the manner in which they look. Skip, they're playing, they're playing, they're executing well offensively. But on the defensive end, late in ball game, Skip, they had a 11-point lead with five minutes to go. And the ball. So I got the ball in my arm. And in five minutes, I got an 11-point lead. And you still got Jalen Brown. You still have, you know, guys, uh, Brogdon, Marcus Smart, uh, uh, Derek White. You got to bring this home, Skip. You do. So my level of concern now with the Celtics, considering how they're playing, uh, I'm at a six. Mm. So, Mr. Sharp, you have told me all year you've gone back and forth between Boston, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Boston as the best team in the East. Something is amiss with Boston, not with Milwaukee, but with Boston. Okay. A week ago, they almost blew a 25-point lead to these same Cavaliers. Right. Then they turned around two nights later, and as you pointed out, at home, to Brooklyn without Kevin Durant and Kyrie and James Harden and on and on. They blew a 28-point lead and lost by 10 at home. Then they lost a, what was it, a 15-point lead to the Knicks, lost in overtime, double overtime. And then last Uh night, 14-point lead in the third quarter, albeit without Jason Tatum, without Al Horford, without Robert Williams. I give you that. But you still had them, 14 down, mid-third quarter, and you did have Jalen Brown, and, and I love Jalen Brown. I keep telling you I fear him more when I'm sort of betting against Boston than I do even Jason Tatum. And Jalen put up nice numbers last night. He scored 32, but he was one of seven from three. He had 13 rebounds. He had nine assists. But the one of seven won't cut it because you need to make more big shots. And in the fourth quarter, yes. he, he scored five total points and missed both of his threes. Well, you can't do it because – 
you, you, they're looking to you as as the solo star to make a shot. And then I, I got to piggyback your point about, listen, the Cavaliers played Grant Williams like a fiddle at the free throw line because they played it beautifully because first Donovan goes up and talks to him and says, you're going to miss both. And he said, no, I'm going to make both of them. And then he misses the first one, and they did a great job, if we could see it, of just there distracting him. It's, it's almost like icing the kicker in football. First he walks up and stands in front of him. I think this is at the first. I believe that's the first. And then it's up and it's short. That's the first one. Oh. Now, here, here we go on the second one, and look what they start doing. They start doing Grand Central Station to him. They walk across the lane, and then Karis LeVert walked across the lane, and here comes, um, the, the, here comes Darius Garland. There goes Karis LeVert. He's going back and forth, and they're just Every they're moment. just jacking with him. You know, they're just jacking with his psyche, and he shoots it a little farther, maybe a little too far. He overcompensates and misses. And to your point, once you go to overtime, you know what's coming. Nothing good. So, yeah, but you know, Grant Williams over the last two seasons is an 86, 86 free throw no, shooter. No, he's a really good free throw shooter, but not 66, 86. 86. That pressure, though. That's different. And not only that, but he knows what we know that they know that we know, which is. They're struggling. They're spiraling down yes. right now. And yep. they've lost their mojo. They've lost their way. And so he's feeling the weight of the team on his still young shoulders. And with two free throws to just make one, once you miss the first one, I think you're done. you you got to make the first one or you're going to miss the second one. So big picture, your Boston Celtics with the law firm of Jason and Jalen. <laughs> okay, they have now lost three games to the Cavaliers. No no huge shame, but they have lost three times. They've lost three games to the Knicks already. They've lost three games to Orlando, two of them at home. At home. And mm-hmm. they've lost to Chicago twice. They've lost to the Pacers. They've lost to Oklahoma City. They have some bad losses. They have some big wins. There are nights when you look at them and say, boy, they look like they could win it all this yes. year. Okay? Yes, yes. I got it. But I'm – Watching on my direct TV feed last night, the post game on the Boston Network featuring our man Eddie House and our friend Kendrick Perkins. And I was a little surprised Kendrick was strong about Joe Missoula last night saying that he does not think I hope I'm not I hope I'm expressing it correctly. But but he doesn't think these players fear Joe Missoula the way they did Ime Udoka a year ago, you know, the previous regime. And I'm a big Ime fan. But that yeah. they're taking quick shots, that they're not playing defense the way they used to because there's not the fear factor of the, the younger coach right now. And then Kendrick was critical of him because we'd seen Joe Mazzulla in the postgame. He was getting into it, going back and forth with the media. And to Kendrick's point, you, you can't do that. They're just asking questions that are obvious, natural question to ask, especially at this point as you – After you blow another big lead. blow another big lead. So – my point is, something is really amiss here, and I, I keep telling you, here come the Sixers, and again, they gave up a bunch of points last night in Indiana, but they did prevail at Indiana because Joel Embiid is a flat-out monster. He got 42. He was just completely unguardable. He made 19 free throws, Skip. 19 Stop of that. 19. 19 of 19. Again, that's shooting a lot of free throws, but he makes 19 yeah. free throws. 
Are you kidding me? He needed all of them. And James Harden had 20 assists, but it's it's pretty easy when you got that seven-foot monster that you can <laughs> lob it into because he made 11 of 16 shots. But I love the Sixers. I do love their depth. I love their firepower. I love Maxi. I love the, the, the waves of scores that they can bring off the bench. And all of yeah. a sudden, Milwaukee's ahead. Boston's two out, but Philly's only four out. So – here come the Sixers, and I'm still They're sticking with the Sixers. They're not catching Milwaukee. They probably won't catch Milwaukee, but they could catch Boston. Well, I mean, they're going to meet the same fate. Giannis. I mean, Greek. I mean, you heard the Greek tragedies? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, then. So you already know that, that's your expertise. That's your expertise, right? Okay, and your point is what? My point is the book. You can talk about the, that monster, that 7-2 monster, yeah. and James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. No. We got Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. You don't. And and I think it could end up in a Greek tragedy. Excuse me, tragedy. Right? Yeah, for you. No, for you. For you. you got no, the no, Greek freak. No, no, no. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're writing this tragedy for you guys. You'll see. You yeah. are, Skip, you already know how many times will, does, must Philly disappoint you come playoff time for you to finally say, I mean, you keep banging your head on my wall. It's like, you know you're going to have a headache in the morning, but you still do it. How many times are, must they disappoint you? They disappointed you against Toronto. They disappointed you against the Hawks. They disappointed you last year. They keep disappointing you, but you keep going back. I still believe in Doc Rivers. I know he's on something of a hot seat this year because they better perform and produce in the postseason. But I still believe in Doc, and I believe in Joel Embiid as long as he, knock on wood, stays healthy and doesn't get <laughs> an upset stomach. Uh-huh. Right? You know what's coming, Skip. You no. know you know Giannis in these playoffs, man. Yeah. Ever since you talk about they built a, they built a wall and he yeah. can't – he's I don't care nobody no wall. He's mm. I jump over the wall. Mm. Well, maybe he can trick him up in the postseason and get more triple doubles with 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 a there fake rebound. <laughs> there you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I campaigned against that one hard. Push yes, you to did. The playoffs. That's for sure. And then we'll see who flips the switch in the postseason. All right, guys. Skip's Cowboys, you think they're going to be bringing in a superstar receiver this offseason? Let's discuss on the other side of this break. The Cowboys could be making moves at wide receiver this offseason. Jerry Jones telling Clarence Hill Jr. he has the same interest in Odell Beckham Jr. as he did during the season. Yesterday, during a Des Bryant live stream, DeAndre Hopkins made an appearance, telling Dallas, quote, I keep hearing y'all say my name around here. What's up? Talk to me. All right, Shannon, do you see either OBJ or DeAndre becoming a Cowboy next season? Well, all things being equal, DeAndre Hopkins is the better receiver. Um, he's the healthier of the receivers, and he's been the most productive of the receivers. Uh, although he was only limited to nine games last year, he still had 64 receptions for uh, 717 yards. You uh, extrapolate that over a 17-game season, 17, you know, 17 games, seven catches per game. That's almost 120 catches per game. He's going to be well, well over uh, uh, 1,000 yards. Um, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to cost a lot of money. 
And we know Jerry Jones ain't really trying to spend that kind of money. And DeAndre Hopkins is a number one receiver. You believe, I believe, that C.D. Lamb has solidified himself as a number one receiver. So are you going to really bring someone else in to challenge him for that number one slot? I don't think so. So I think D-Hop is off the table. Odell, the question is, how, how healthy will OBJ be? That is the unknown, Skip. We hadn't played in a year. Um, there was some flirting going on. A lot of, you know, yeah, I like you texting, tweeting. You know, hey, I like you, what you're doing. But nothing ever materialized. If OBJ is healthy, yes, he can help the Cowboys. Being the second option, CeeDee Lamb continue to build upon what he did last year. I like what I saw. I had my questions. You know that, Skip. I, I, ain't, I ain't breaking news to anybody. I did not. What I saw from CD at the end is not what I saw at the beginning of the season. So I like what I see. I like where he's headed. The question, the only question I got is OBJ healthy. If he's healthy, I believe he can help the Cowboys. If he's not healthy, then what, Skip? I mean, at some point in time, you can't keep having these injuries and coming back as you approach your third. I think he's third. I think OBJ is 30 now, probably yep. be 31 uh, during, once the season starts. Yeah. Um, I would, if I'm the Cowboys, I would rather have D-Hop, but D-Hop's the number one, a true number one receiver. You have a true number one receiver. <sighs> C.D. Lamb is about to get paid. You're not going to pay C.D. Lamb and DeAndre Hopkins. So OBJ probably would be the best option for them. Jerry seems to have an infatuation with OBJ. He does. So yep. here we are. Here we are. All right, issue number one, DeAndre Hopkins. So – He's hanging out in Dallas in the offseason. He's on Des Bryant's podcast. Mm-hmm. And the quote is, I keep hearing y'all say my name around here. What's up? Talk to me. Uh, DeAndre, I, I don't hear anybody saying your name. I don't know what you're talking I about. I think either. you're trying to talk <laughs> it up yourself. I think you're trying right. to speak it into existence because who wouldn't want to play for our Dallas Cowboys? He's got two years left on his deal. He's still property of the Arizona Cardinals. He is going on age. He will play next year, D-Hop will, at age 31 while making $31 million. It's way richer than Jerry's salary cap blood at this point. Is he still at sort of the tail end of his prime? Sure, he is. Yeah. Is he better than CD? I don't think so, but it's close. You know, you could go back and forth all day. Yeah. CD's much younger, yeah. obviously, and, and more explosive yeah. to me at this point than, than D-Hop is. So he can campaign all he wants. That ain't happening because, Shannon, not only that, but you, <laughs> you, you would have to then actually make a trade for him. So you would have to send draft picks to Arizona yes. for DeAndre Hopkins. Well, what, what would it take, right. a two or a three? I don't know. Probably at, they, le- at least. At least. At least. Okay. Forget about it. But do not forget about Odell Beckham Jr. Because to your final point, when Jerry gets infatuated, he stays infatuated. He has fallen in football love with having Odell as part of the Cowboy family. He loves what Odell is made of because he's born with charisma. He's got flair. He's got swagger to him that comes naturally. He is a social media giant, as you know. He is a playmaker of the highest order because he made 
the greatest catch in the history of football <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football long ago. What was that, 2013, in a game on a Sunday night at New York. We're watching it right now. The catch of catch on Brandon Hughes' car in a game that <laughs> the Giants actually lost to my Dallas Cowboys, fittingly. Okay. So at the end of the year, to your point, they're flirting back and forth. And I know what Jerry wanted. He wanted to bring the guy who'd been the catalyst and difference maker at the end of the year for the Rams winning a Super Bowl into the Cowboy locker room a month or so ahead of the playoff run that Jerry was hoping would be a Super Bowl run with a new catalyst of Odell. Well, the telltale was Odell wouldn't run for them. I'm not talking about running on a treadmill like he posts videos of. He would not go run football field routes. He would not cut from side to side. He was not ready. He knew he he wasn't healthy. So why go out there and embarrass myself and probably set myself further back? Let's just hold tight. Let me have another complete offseason to heal this thing up. Okay, Fred's is going to start next week, right, Skip? I think it starts next week. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now if I need so, to. Yes. Now you need to go, go run, run for somebody. Yes, you do. Yeah. Okay. But, but Jerry, when, when, he, when he decides, he decides, and he is bull in China shop and cannot be stopped. The sticking point right. here is obviously Odell thinks that he's worth at least $20 million a year. I, I don't nah, see hell that, no. Well, I don't see that they have $20 because they gave Gallup his money, and he was not ready to live up to the money what? last year coming off his ACL surgery. Well, Skip, how the hell are you going to have two $20 million receivers? You can't. You know damn well C.D. Lamb's going to want $25, 30000000 million. Dollars, Absolutely and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna have So you can start at 30 And you got, Skip, yeah. you got Michael Gallup on the, on the roster for $13, 14000000 million. Do already. Yep. I got it. Okay, so Jerry is trying to sell Odell, and he met Odell's mom at the NFL Honors. Uh, honors, yeah. yeah. And he loves the family. And I, I get it. I got it. But he's now trying to sell Odell on taking that America's team discount because I'm sure Jerry's whispering in Odell's ear, you were born to be a Dallas Cowboy. Well, I, I kept telling you that at the end of the year. I agree with that. I think he looked good right. in that metallic blue with that star on his helmet. I, I think he would rise and shine in Dallas. I think he would love the stage because it's like ha- Hollywood, Texas, and he's played in Hollywood, California, and he should end his career as a Dallas Cowboy. The problem is they don't have no $20 million. It, it's, it, it's, it's not going to work. If you want that kind of money, you need to go be a gate attraction in a smaller market. I, I don't know. Somebody out there might give are, him that kind of money. Are, are we sure? that everybody is not going to want him to take that discount. Yeah. Are we sure that he can go somewhere else and get $20 million a year? It's hard no. to, to, for me to see a scenario, a guy coming off two ACL injuries in the last two seasons yep. uh, at 31 years of age, getting 30, getting $20 million. Yeah. People, teams are not going to want to tie that kind of money up because he's injury-prone late in his career. Well, he's been injury-prone in his career. He and has. he's had major injuries the last two or, two or three years in his career. He so has. I don't see... The money that what he's all what he's asking, I don't know if that money is out there, Skip. No, Shannon, it's the same ACL twice in a row. It's hard, man. It, it's it's just yeah. it's hard to be you again. It's hard to be that guy again. Again, you talk about running backs 
depend on their legs. Well, so do wide receivers. Maybe not oh, they, tight yeah, they, ends, they, but, but wide receivers depend on their legs. And he yeah, needs he, his burst back. He, he does. But, Skip, he broke, what he broke, what he broke his, his leg, his foot, his ankle. He did. He had the hernia surgery. Yep. Uh, so his body has been beat up it the last five years. Yeah. And so that's the question. What, what does he still have juice left? We know he can catch the ball. We know he can run the route tree. How explosive. He, I believe he needs to go somewhere, be the second option. Um, but I, at the second option, second options don't make $20 million. No, I agree. But Shannon Sharp, I spent enough time around Jerry Jones to know that when he sets his sights on something <laughs> or somebody, he yeah. gets it or gets him. And, and I just believe yeah. in my heart of hearts, somehow, someway, Odell will be a Dallas Cowboy next year. And somehow, someway, you're going to be very upset. Like, I don't know why we signed him. He ain't doing that. I know it's coming. It's coming from you. Oh, you all hyped now. We go get OBJ, and he's a great gate attraction. He's a social media icon, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Yep. But guess what? Mm-hmm. About seven, eight games into the season, I'm done. I've had it done. Get him out of my sight. Mm. Get him out. Well, Odell might be thinking, <laughs> I can't throw it to myself because it may come down to the quarterback throwing it to the wrong team on too many occasions. Nope. You say you love Dak. You know, you've been well going to back. That's my guy. I liked it when I saw him at the Coliseum. You've been on Dak this eight years now. Nah, I'm not letting you off. I'm not letting you off the bus. You're gonna ride this bandwagon until Dak retires. Because right that's over your the cliff. guy. I no longer, I no longer back Dak. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. I no longer back Dak or middle of the pack Hold Dak. Hold on, that's the Cowboys. That's your team. I How want you just like mid, like Shannon. I want Aaron Rodgers. Let's trade him straight up right here. We'll do it today. I'd do it today. That might be a possibility. Yeah, you? let's do it. We will find out, gentlemen. Free agent negotiations begin Monday. Let the feeding frenzy start. All right. Is there now a 0% chance, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, Skip, that he goes back Mm -hmm. to the Packers? Let's Mm -hmm. discuss in just a moment. The Packers have become, quote, exhausted with Aaron Rodgers when it comes to dealing with him. They may move on from the quarterback this offseason. According to the report, the days of Packers execs begging Rodgers to return are over. Mm. All right, Shannon. Will Aaron Rodgers soon be a former Packer? Did you read that first part, what you said? You said they have become what? The first part. Read that first part, what exhausted. you said over again. <laughs> Exhausted. Become? They will no Y'all longer Y'all become bet. that? <laughs> you, you mean to tell me y'all, y'all just getting to this point? After five, six, seven, eight years of his indecisiveness, after him giving you his butt, to, I, I don't know, I think I'm going to go on a retreat, uh, you know, I'm going to drink some scotch, now I'm on tequila, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, this is what you should have done. You should have been put your foot down. He's the type of guy, the more you give, the more he'll take. And you've given, and he's taken, 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 and he hasn't reciprocated that. Oh, who wouldn't want a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Well, when the last time he won one? 
He's been underachieving the last three years. We know that for certain. Yep. He had home field. And all this indecisiveness is to try to do the misdirection. But Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp hold his feet to the fire. You can't fool us because all I do is keep my eye right here. I understand that you went on that retreat, but tell us about that game you lost to the Packers. I understand that you went to another and started hallucinating and you lost 25 pounds. But tell us about that, what happened against Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. Yep. And I also know all this, well, you know, I'm going to take some time, you know, this and that. And there's a conspiracy theory, you know, they're going to release the list uh, 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 of Epstein. They're going release, to release that list. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that list, the <laughs> plays that you didn't make in the Detroit Lions game when you're at home. And if you win, you make the playoffs. Tell us about that list. Good point. All you do is talk about all that auxiliary and ancillary stuff. Let's talk about football. Keep it on the field. You got two MVPs in the last three years. And what does the Packer organization and the Packer nation have to show for it? Disappointment. Yep. Because I guarantee you they are greatly disappointed with what transpired, because when the rubber needed to meet the road, when all the chips were shoved to the middle of the table, you folded. You laid your hand down. So all this other stuff, you should have been tired, eBay. He been giving you his butt to kiss for the last four years, at least. But you know, y'all bet, Aaron, we really love you. You know, hey, we're sorry for taking that. We're sorry for taking Jordan Love, even though we like to do things what we think is the best interest of the team. We should have consulted you. You should have consulted nothing. Mm. Aaron Rodgers don't pay one bill for the Packers organization. He don't pay one salary. Consulted for what? Because you see what he did. Aaron Rodgers need to move on. The Green Bay Packers need to move on. Both, both participants in this, he needs a change of scenery. They need a new, they need a new quarterback to have a change of scenery also, Skip. This thing is so done. Stop going back and forth. You know, Gudikin saying this. We hadn't had conversations. We've had texts. Well, since you hadn't had conversations, just text him. Aaron, we're moving on <laughs> in a different direction. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. <sighs> okay. I hear everything you just said. Pretty much what I've been saying since you and I started on this show back in 2016. Heck, since I was on the other network going back five years before that. Blame deflecting finger pointing diva is Aaron Rodgers. Playoff choker since the Super Bowl is Aaron Rodgers. Underachiever, if you want to be nice about it, in the postseason. Now, we have seen repeated reports that the Packers have had enough. Even the ultimate insider of the Packers, Bob McGinn, the week we were off a couple of weeks back, he reported that they are completely done with him, with Aaron Rodgers, and, and McGinn's been covering that team for 40 years. So mm -hmm. I hear it. I see it. I feel it. Now it's time for Green Bay to have the guts to move on. Obviously, Aaron has to be in lockstep with this decision because they made the mistake. Again, a year ago, they gave him a three-year deal at $50 million a year. So they got two more years on this deal at $50 million that they owe him. So it's almost like a Westbrookian-type situation where Green Bay needs somebody to take Aaron off their hands because the only way out from under this is if the Jets say, okay, we'll take on the $50 million. The sticking point is, okay, then what, what do you trade for Aaron Rodgers? Well, well, the point is, 
Green Bay has made it so clear, so many insiders have made it so clear for them that they're done with Aaron. They have little to no leverage. So if I'm the Jets right now, I'm offering like a third-round pick maybe. I don't know. And, and yeah. I keep reading that Green Bay wants two first-round picks and blah, blah, blah. I'm begging you know, them. Nope, you can't. You, 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 yeah. The joke is on you. You gave him his money. He's 39. Yeah. He's going to be 40 years of age when he plays the final year of his contract. It's on you, Green Bay. You, you have to basically give him to somebody because they are taking him off your hands. It's like yes. Westbrook. Finally, the yes. Lakers had to give, you know, Jeannie had to say, okay, I give up. I, I give the 27 first-round pick to Utah to, to get out from under Russell Westbrook. Not that, not that yes. I'm comparing Aaron Rodgers and Westbrook, but the situations were similar. So, to but me, yeah, you, you got to take less you know, to get rid. That's that, now, see, now you speak in my language. Sometimes you just want it gone. Now, you're not going to get, listen, just because the Broncos did what they did with Russ, That's don't think somebody's going to yeah. make that same mistake. No. Because if you look at Skip, if you look at it, the Minnesota Timberwolves gave up more to get Rudy Gobert than Phoenix did to get Kevin Durant. I know, it's crazy. Just because you made a horrible mistake, don't that don't mean doing. I'm going to make it. Great point. I agree. I don't know what you're thinking. Sometimes you just, you just want it off your hands. Yeah, Skip, you know what? It's worth a little bit more. But you know what? I just want it to be gone off my property. So if you're going to take it off my property, you can have it. Yeah. And I'll take, what are you willing to give me for it? There you go. Now, do we know for sure Jordan Love's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers? We don't. But, but they seem to like him, if not love him. So let's see. Plunge. Close your eyes and go with Jordan Love. Yeah, but Skip, you, you, can't, you can't be held hostage any longer by Aaron no. Rodgers. Cannot. He's, had, he's hijacked this organization. Agreed. Be done. It's a situation they're all too well familiar with if you go back in Packers history, guys. All right, let's get back to the NBA when we return here on Undisputed. Antoine Walker joining us to break down the latest John Morant news. That's coming up next right here on Undisputed. According to a report from Shams, the Memphis Grizzlies had a players-only meeting just a little while before John Morant flashed a gun on Instagram Live. Steven Adams, a normally pretty quiet guy, reportedly felt compelled to talk to the team about needing to show better discipline on road trips and avoid going out and partying. Then yesterday, Local police in Colorado confirmed, yes, they are investigating Morant's incident and if he broke any gun laws. NBA champion and three-time All-Star Antoine Walker is joining us now. We certainly appreciate your time, Antoine. What's your view of what's going on with Jaw right now? It's actually uh, very sad and disappointing. Um, I had a situation um, earlier in, um, in 2007 where I got into a situation where I had a home invasion and got, you know, three men came in my home and, and put guns on me and, and robbed me for my jury. And I wanted to retaliate. I wanted to do things that, you know, obviously when somebody comes in your home, but um, I decided when they got the police involved and obviously the police caught them, but I had to show up and testify against them, those guys. And that it's, it's tough because as athletes, you want to be able to go out and, and, and 
do certain things, but you got to watch where you go. And I, I was one of those guys that thought that I can go anywhere in the city of Chicago and, and don't need nobody with me. And it, it turned out to, to cost me in the situation where I got robbed and, and put my life in danger. And, you know, my kids were, were see my kids come in and see me, you uh, know, getting duct tape off me and being all over the news was something that I never wanted to experience again in my life. So I try to make sure that I stay around good people and make right decisions. Antoine, did you do, was it the way you carried yourself? Did you flash? Were you outgoing? Did you have your jewelry out? Were you in places and showing a lot of money? Because, you know, a lot of times, yeah, people, look, athletes have a very, you know, a lot of us, we have very, we have great lives make a lot of money, we're able to go places and do things that a lot of people are not able to do. And some people take that if you, 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 every time you go to the bar and you get a drink and you pull out a $100 bill and you got a roll of them or you got your jewelry and you coming out in cars, people like you thumbing your nose at us. Okay, we're going to show you something. Were you that type of, of, of person? I don't wear multiple chains or, or, or things of that nature, but I did have a really nice watch on, whether it was a Rolex. I did have a diamond chain. And I, and I also, I ran with five or six guys when I went out. So I had a crew with me that I went out. And we, okay. and we, enjoyed, the fine, and we enjoyed the finer things in nightlife. We would get tables and buy bottles. So we would portray that, obviously, we look like we got a lot of money and we spent a lot of money. But, you know, as athletes, you got credit cards, you're, you're paying, with, you're paying with, with, with credit, you may not have cash on you, but the outside looking in, they think you're walking around with twenty, thirty, forty, and $50,000 on you. So you become a target immediately, um, especially when you're out in public, especially at nightclubs and things of that nature. So, Antoine, you grew up in the Chicago area, went to Mount Carmel High mm -hmm. School with Donovan McNabb. How mm -hmm. hard was it for you to leave behind some of the guys that you grew up with who wouldn't have been good for you when you went on to Kentucky and win a championship and then went on to play in the NBA? Oh, it was super hard. And, and I struggled to, to try to weed out who's the good friends and the bad friends. And it was something that I, I dealt with even today. Um, and I'm not, you know, an active NBA player and making millions of dollars, but it's still always tough to who you want around you because you want to take people for face value, but everybody don't have great intentions of being around, around you. So it was difficult. Um, did I make the right decisions all the time? No. I mean, that's the reason why you, I got robbed in 2007, because I didn't make the right decisions and didn't have necessarily the right people around me all the time. So it's tough. You want to, you, we got this little saying and Shannon can understand, we, we want to keep it real. You know, everybody wants to keep it real. It's tough to, it's tough to keep it real because sometimes people want to allow you to do that, but you do that to try to stay out of harm's way. But sometimes it still happened and it happened to me. Antoine, if, if, ja, if you could sit Ja down and you could talk to him, what was some of the advice that you would give Ja? Um, the first thing I would tell him is, you know, one, get off IG. <laughs> let's, get, let's get off IG. Let's, let's completely get off social media. If you're going to use social media, use it for something positive. Let's, let's stop promoting and, um, things that we're doing in our life. It's tough because you are, uh, you are a target. You are somebody that young kids look at and people are watching. And it's rough out here. And then... One, you may have to figure out where you, every time you decide to go out into public, you got to figure out where you're going. Is it safe for me to go? Um, am I going to be able to get home safe? And if you got to if you got to take a security guard and five or six, seven guys with you, it's probably a place that you probably shouldn't go. And, and, and that's what, and, and that's a tough decision because you want to go out and enjoy yourself. But you're a superstar now and you have to pick and choose your spots. And that was something that I struggled with. Um, I, I had a crew, a, a posse of different people that I hung out with, that I traveled with, and I struggled sometimes pick, 
picking places that I need to be at. Um, because I'm, I am a neighborhood guy. I grew up in a neighborhood. I, want, I was one of those guys that want everybody in the neighborhood to, to love me and appreciate me. But sometimes the people that don't have those right attentions for you, you got to figure that out. So I think if I'm Ja, you got to tone it down a little bit. You got to really stay off social media. Social media should be for fun or you're promoting a real brand or a product that you're, you're involved in. But it shouldn't be for your fun and your, so, your fun part of your life and what you're doing for fun because people shouldn't know what you do for entertainment. They should have to guess and wonder what you like to do. So, Antoine, how many of your crew were guys you grew up with in the neighborhood as you got on into college and pro basketball? Oh, I probably ran with Skip. I ran with probably seven, eight guys. Um, in the summertime, I would say. During the season, no. Yeah. Um, but just two or three guys. But then the summertime, yeah, I, I would travel with seven, eight guys, and we would go to different cities and, and party and have a great time. Um, so I, I understand when guys do that because it, it, cause you have this mentality. If you make it, you want your guys and your family to make it. And I wanted them to enjoy the, the fruits of my labor just like I did. I wanted to show them a good time, show them the world. I don't take that part back. But some of the decisions and, and some of the situations that I put myself in was not smart, but I was young. But I think that's something that, and I always say this, that the NBA needs to talk to the young, young players about. There should be somebody in front of them explaining to them of the world that they're about to get into. Yeah. So gut feeling, how do you think this turns out for Ja? I like the fact that Josh's father's down there. I don't know them personally. Um, so I just think when you have a father figure there, I think they, they'll understand that. When he understands the serious nature of this, and I would say this to Ja, uh, and I, I have never met him, but this is something that he should think about, and I'm going to give him my personal experience. Me trying to keep it real cost I got a home invasion. Three men came into my house while I was in there and held me at gunpoint and put my life in danger and my stepfather's life in danger. Um, and it's one of the most scariest feelings that you can ever have to have three guns pointed at your head and they try to rob you for everything. They took $800,000 worth of jewelry from me. Um, they took about 20,000 in cash from me. Um, eventually those men, and they, and they duct taped me, which was probably the worst thing. They yeah. duct taped me in my own personal closet. So that's, that's the situation that you put yourself in when you get into guns and money and not portraying yourself and protecting yourself the right way. So I went through that, and I never want to go through that again. I'll never forget my, my kids coming through the door and that face and seeing me removing duct tape from me and, and all that. So that was, that's a situation I never wanted to be in again in my life, and that's something that he has to think about. Because there's people out here that's going to prey on your, your riches and things that you've yeah. done great in your life. So you got to be smart. And I was living, and, and to add to that, I was living in the Miracle Mile, downtown Chicago, one of the best, best places to live at and safest places. So they can come wherever they, they want to get you, they can come. Well, they rob your security more than anything of that. But let me ask you this. When you, when you were doing some of the things that you were doing, did you have anybody, any of your homeboys say, Tuan, hey, bro, you moving wrong, bro. That, hey, that ain't the way to move, bro. You need to slow this thing down. Did you have anybody that would pull you aside and when you was moving in a direction or moving in a way that wasn't conducive to being an NBA player, did you have anybody to pull you aside and say, Tuan, come on, bro, that ain't the way to move? It's hard because those, the guys that I was hanging with, they, we all grew up together. So we all kind of come from the same, the same thing. And I wanted to show them the fruits of my, fruits of my labor. Um, but what, what, one thing I can say my friends did is that we, kind of, we picked and chose the spots that we went to. We didn't go to spots that we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't need to be at. I got robbed at my home in downtown Chicago. 
Um, it wasn't like I was in the neighborhood or I was doing something bad. So we did a good job of that. But the point that I'm trying to make, Shannon, is that it can happen anywhere. No matter where right. you live at, where you stay at, if they want to get you, it can happen in there. Now, what I did do wrong is probably sometimes we were out eight, nine, ten deep. I had multiple cars. I had a car fetish. We got five or six cars out, all those things. So you portray yourself in a certain way. People want those things when they see the materialistic things that you have. Um, would I tell a young kid not to buy things because he's earned it? No. But you have to be smart in, in the way you do things and make sure that you keep the right people around me. I probably should have had a, a re real licensed security guard around me for the type of stuff and type of materialistic things that I had and money that I had, but I didn't do that. That was something that I learned. Good deal. It's a very powerful story, Antoine. We really appreciate you opening up and sharing it with us this morning, and I hope Jaw is listening and heeds your warning. Thank yep. you again for your time. Still to Thank come, you. Thank, you on Undisputed. Thank you. Still to come this morning on Undisputed, the Dolphins. Will they be finding a new quarterback? Skip and Shannon discuss up next. <laughs> According to a report from Josina Anderson, the Dolphins are weighing all options at quarterback, which means they could move on from Tua Tagovailoa. Skip, let's start with you. Do you believe the Dolphins would actually replace Tua this offseason? I do, Shannon Sharp. As you know, going into Tua's draft, I never quite believed in him, and I don't believe in you him didn't. even more now. Okay. He reportedly had five different surgeries while he was at Alabama. I just don't think you can trust his health, starting with his head going forward. And I okay. never loved his arm talent or even his athletic ability, his ability to scramble and move around. They, they, did, they worked wonders with him last year, but again, Josina's report is they're still in the market for a quarterback, and, and I buy that, and I believe that. I think Tua is a great young man. I think he's a good leader. I just don't know if he's going to be able to sustain the beating that he will continue to take at quarterback. So that brings us to a, a report that I heard from Rich Eisen, who, who said, I believe it was yesterday, that in his time at the Combine, the number one rumor that he heard was that Tom Brady is not finished playing yet and that his target would be the Dolphins. If, in fact, he's going to, to unretire for a second time, that he would want to play for the Dolphins. Well, obviously, a year ago, both he and Sean Payton were sort of a package deal, and the Dolphins got busted for tampering with both Brady and Sean Payton, and it cost them hugely because – cost him a first-round pick in this draft, a third-round pick in next year's draft, and for what it's worth, Stephen Ross, the owner, got suspended and fined $1.5 million. Well, remember, Stephen Ross is a Michigan man, a Michigan alum. Tom Brady obviously went to Michigan. So, so is Rich Eisen. And uh, there's bingo. Thank you for that. That's a very good point. That would make the dots even more connected. So is it possible that Stephen Ross is going to have a conversation with Tom Brady about his desire to continue to play football, maybe for the Dolphins? Well, sure. I'm sure they'll have the conversations throughout the offseason. So could I see that happening? Yeah. If Tom still wants to play and he wants to take the public 
criticism that he would take for unretiring again because it would come across as as maybe uh, an even weaker move than the first time. Uh, right. I, I wouldn't surprise me a bit if he played for Stephen Ross as the next quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Skip, look, normally smart people, really smart people, but it, it doesn't happen always. Normally when you quit your job, you have another job lined up. Yeah. Okay, if you're going to move on from Tua, do you have, are you certain that you can get Tom Brady? Are you certain you can get a quarterback that's an upgrade over Tua? And if you can, Skip, I think you owe it to the Dolphins. I think you owe it to your organization. You owe it to put the best players on the field at a given time. Yeah. So if you can upgrade that position, well, you upgrade the position, Skip, because that's, that's what it's about. But if you don't get Tom Brady, are we sure Tom Brady is an upgrade given the offensive line? I don't know. Well, Good question. Fair question. That's the, yep. So that's, that's, Skip, that's what I'm looking at. You're right. Tua lipped into the NFL. He did. Skip, what he have? He had a major hip injury coming into the league. It seems to me he's going to limp out. Skip, he's, 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 he's training with a martial art to learn how to fall. Yep. Man, you learn how to fall as a kid. <laughs> if you ain't learned, if you a grown-ass man and you don't know how to fall now, can't nobody teach you how to fall? No. You're supposed to learn how to fall when you were a child in a, in a, on the playground, in the sandbox. Yep. So now here you are 25, 26 years old, and somebody got to teach you how to fall? Nah, nah, nah. I think you can learn a lot of things, but learning how to fall, Skip, I don't think, I think that's just in you. You just learned that from playing. And you like to think, Skip, here's a man that's been playing football his whole damn life, and he don't know how to fall? Okay. I, Skip, I, I, I agree with you, man. Tom would take some type of criticism for coming back after, you know. He would. Especially after this, time, after this time, he said it was for real. And, you know, hey, he's had a great run, but blah, blah, blah. But, hey, at the end of the day, damn that criticism. Bruh, if it's in your heart to come back, yep. come on back. And, but I tell you what, we're going to take our money back, and we're going to dig, dig it up <laughs> between other people at Fox. We're going to take all that money back that they promised, okay. and we're going to dig it up, Skip. <laughs> well, obviously, he has a great job waiting for him, and he said he needs one year before he starts the job here at Fox. But that, right. that opens the door for, well, he did say it's still a year away. Does that mean he wants to play one more year? Hey, that guy, when he chooses to do something – he usually just does it. I think that's the thing where people started to realize, Skip, that he says, okay, he needed another year. Yep. Was that to try to go scratch that itch of Maybe. playing in the NFL one more time? Yep, could be. be I think Greg Olson is very happy time that if he will does tell. that. <laughs> time will tell, guys. Shannon, let me know if you hear that Fox needs my direct deposit information again. Oh. I'll get it to him. <laughs> I <ASAP>. sure, I, <laughs> I sure will. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this was a very interesting move by the NBA. Do you think they made the right decision taking away Giannis's triple-double? Let's discuss in yep. just a moment. All right, the NBA rescinded Giannis's final rebound against the Wizards. That erased his triple-double. Giannis intentionally missed a shot with seconds left in the game in order to give himself 10 rebounds. He knew he was a board away from that triple-double. Shannon, what are your thoughts on this? It should have been rescinded. And I feel really good about it because I campaigned for it, Skip. So now I feel very comfortable in my future that I can become a political campaign advisor yep. for some politician. So I feel good. 
because this is what it should have been. He violated the spirit of Skip. There was no attempt. There was no attempt to get to, to make that shot. And so he violated the rule. And I mentioned Bobby Sarah. And I remember, if I'm not mistaken, David Stern, they took one of his away <laughs> for doing the exact same thing. They did. So you called for it. I co-signed. And Adam Silver must watch Undisputed because he was very influenced by you. So does this mean Giannis is now disqualified from MVP? So it's Joel Embiid is now the MVP, right? You already know, yo. You see what yo did last night down the stretch? Unfortunately, we're out of time. You can pick it back up tomorrow morning, guys. That's it for Undisputed.